0: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Drama Society Podcast. I am actually very excited for this episode because in this episode I am covering a drama that I am currently really, really enjoying, titled The Story of Kuning Palace. This is a drama that has basically snatched all my time. <laughs> right, this is all I think about now. Um, as of the time I was recording, I have watched 28 of the 38 episodes um and you know the drama is basically reaching its end and honestly this drama has kept me captivated throughout the whole time like it's just that good right and so i was like you know what this deserves its own review right anything that's taking this much out of my time like i have to do a review about it so apparently i didn't know this but this drama had been filmed a while back right it's been filmed i think i guess years ago and <laughs> it's just been released i you know i'm very glad i don't keep up with chinese entertainment news because if i had known that this drama was just sitting on a shelf somewhere and it was not being released i think i would have gone crazy and so for me i actually knew nothing about it when it aired that was the first time i was hearing about it so like i was lucky in that sense that i can imagine those people that knew about this like way 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 in advance it must have been terrible it must have been <laughs> A lot of stress, just like wondering when this drama is going to like drop. But moving on, to give a quick synopsis of this drama, basically, it's telling the story of the empress of this fictitious dynasty who gets a do-over of her life, right? Dating back to before she became empress, right? So she gets to relive her life. And make new decisions because in her first life, you know, her fight to be empress really like she really ruined a lot of people along the way, right? And she you know betrayed a lot of people, and she was generally just not a good person. And so you know karma caught up to her at some point, and she ended up dead. But thankfully, she got reborn, and then you know in I guess in her second life, she kind of understands now what is important and what she should protect. And so really a big portion of this is just making sure that a lot of the things that happen in her first life doesn't repeat because you know a lot of people have like terrible ending in her first life and so she's basically trying to protect against that in the second life and so you know she's a completely different person right and is working towards a more altruistic goal in her second life which is great right apparently the story of Conning palace is based on a book right i have not read it i've heard it's a lot darker like wait sa involved and so i can see why this drama is the way it is right in the sense that it's very toned down right if sa is involved there's no way this drama would have aired right like there's no way like it would have passed censorship so they've toned down a lot of things they removed the sa you know the fact that she's technically reborn to it has also been removed in the sense that in the beginning, like the first few episodes, they show her as making a narration of a book. So she's basically writing this story, right? So the story of Cunning Palace is a story written by an author, right? And so that I guess how they pass censorship. (laughs) It's very funny because like everybody knows what is going on, but somehow this passes censorship and I don't know, it's just so weird. But anyway, before we start with this review, I am going to, you know, say something to get something off my chest because this is something I struggle with with people, right? I I have this issue with people in the sense that they don't know what the rebirth trope is. Right. And so they confuse it with other tropes. The rebirth trope is one of my favorite tropes. So I know this intimately because I have read novels, I have you know, seen dramas that fit exactly this trope. Right, To give you a definition and an understanding of what the rebirth trope is that this drama is playing with, you have to understand that it is not to be confused with transmigration and past lives past lives is one thing that i would say mm, like korean dramas do a lot for example the currently airing moon in the day does this in the sense that you have these two characters that existed in the joseon dynasty and then they are reborn into the modern day this is an example of a past life it is not a rebirth in the actual sense of it right the rebirth trope has one essential factor they are getting a do-over of their exact same life right the exact same period where they just ended right so it's the exact same life they are getting a do over of not that they were reincarnations of certain people in the past life right so to give you an example or examples of this is like sense of time right sense of time has this exactly and again my life these three dramas i would say are a good example of that like rebirth trope being used right and In fact, I was like trying to come up with more examples and I was like, I realized this is actually not as common as you would think. Past lives is very, very common. You've seen tons and tons of dramas that, you know people that were existing in a certain period of time get reborn in like the modern time or a later time right it's very common to have that whereas rebirth stories aren't actually as common and perhaps that's probably why it's one of my favorite tropes it's just not one i see as often i mean it's just in the past like two years or so that we've gotten all these dramas i mentioned right it's not something that is as common right so that's something i just want to mention first before we start that this is a an example of the rebirth trope right and like it's just one that i really really like the idea that like you can learn from your mistakes and do things over knowing that you've made certain mistakes and can correct those things it's just it's amazing and so I really really like that but yeah moving on I feel the need to talk about the cast because I know and recognize a lot of people from this so obviously the very first person on the list is um, Bailu um, playing ninger and honestly I have to say that <laughs> Bailu is very very popular but for me there's only one drama that I can be like well, okay, two dramas, right? That I can be like, okay, I recognize her in that and I really liked her in that. The first one is one and only. One and only is one of the few tragedy dramas that I like, right? And the other one is Arsenal Military Academy. That was also a really, really good like drama that she was in with Shukai. So those are the two dramas I would say by lu for me, like she's just like fantastic in those and those are the ones I know her from. I will say she's like she has a current drama also airing. Called only for love. Apparently, I tried watching it. Honestly, it wasn't that good. It's the one with um Dilin Wang, and I just can't watch it. It's just not catching my attention. It's very boring. So, you know, she does have that going on. But thankfully she also has cunning Palace. So she's able to kind of balance the fact that that one isn't as popular if it did not have Dilin Wang and her in it, right? So yeah, Bailu is the first person in this. Then you have Jangling her Who, you know, explain Shea Wei. And honestly. <laughs> okay we'll talk about that later but just to say that he was in my journey to you and oh terrible like his character in that was just so awful that was one of the issues a lot of people had about that drama it was just so so bad and i honestly i was one of those people that i also felt that like he was overshadowed by his cousins in that drama right the other gong brothers so yeah i could not finish that drama thankfully this drama has been doing so well and he's so different in this so yeah that's the second person that's building this then you have Xing yue who is playing Zhang Zhe. and guys <laughs> for those who know and if you just check back to like my previous like reviews on this like podcast you'll see that i cover sense of time and again sense of time is another drama that again i mentioned that it is also has that rebirth trope and honestly i am entranced by this guy he has won me over i don't know how like it's it's funny because like the mini sense of time a rebirth drama finished airing Kunin mm-hmm. palace also aired which is another rebirth drama and it's funny how different is like characters are in those two dramas right but yeah, Wang Shinyeo explained Jiang Jie. He was also in One and Only. But honestly, I didn't really notice him in that. Because <laughs> Alin Ren was in that drama. And I was in my Alin Ren like, era, you know, at that time. So I just, I couldn't see anybody but him. Right? So this is, I guess, the second drama with Baidu. Or maybe there's more, I wouldn't know. But, you know, I remember him being the king in One and Only. The one, you know, the awful king. So, yeah. I am looking forward to his future works because obviously, like, he's very young, but he he knows how to act, right? So the other person that's in this, you have Jo Jun Wei as Yan Lin and Liu Shen Ning as the Princess Shen. These two, I don't really know much about them and I don't have much to say about them in that sense. So, you know, that's really it for the cast all good all great like i just i like the cast they are very well casted so moving on let's talk about why i love this drama i would i would say that like i want to talk about why i dislike it as well but (laughs) there's nothing i dislike i love everything you know i've never skipped one second of this drama that's how good it is right so likes only in this house right um anything that's a dislike it's not a dislike enough for me to make a comment about it right i know some people have like dislike about like the lighting and stuff like that like the director's use of lighting but honestly i didn't even notice because the story is like what is pulling me through right the story is just too good so likes only first thing i like about this drama i love the female lead Jiang shuan ning is a female leader as basically the knowledge of her past life, right? But yet she makes mistakes, right? And in the sense that like I like the fact that she is not too OP. So what OP means is that overpowered. That means that like she's just unstoppable, right? Like she's she just knows everything. She has like a third eye or something, like and that is one of the worst ways you can write a character, right? Um but at the same time, Jiang Shening is not too stupid right she 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 she's just in that perfect spot right in the middle that like she knows enough that she can kind of advert or subvert some things, right, but at the same time she's not too smart that like it makes the story boring so that's one thing I like about this it makes it like gives you some tension, some suspense right she doesn't know everything the The mystery about the rebels and things like that that is still a mystery to her in the second life because she never actually found out why and how they were able to kind of take over right, the kingdom, so that's something I really like about this drama, right, the female lead is just perfectly written, that she makes mistakes, and you can kind of censure her that, like, you should know better, but at the same time, she's not too dumb, that's the first thing, the second thing, and I'll say probably the biggest thing, is Shei Wei, ah, his existence makes this drama, like, 20 times better than it probably should be, like, it's so good, like, he's so well written, like I like how smart he is, I like how devious and scheming he is. Like I like characters that are grey. Right. If a character is too nice, <sighs> I'm bored. <laughs> right. So in this drama, like his character is I would say quite similar to the character of Ninbu In love like the galaxy. In fact, honestly, it's basically the same story that they are going for. If you kind of know the plot of how the story is going to end, it's basically the same story, right? But in a way that love like the galaxy did not kind of satisfy my feeling of like that just climactic feeling of like the revenge. Like the revenge was good, but it just did not satisfy me as much because there was not enough intrigue shown. There was not enough like showing of the fact that Limbuie was smart, whereas in this they show you that she with smart they don't just tell you right there's a lot of telling in love like the galaxy here, there's no telling. They show you. Like, he walks towards, you know, this deviousness. You see him be evil or be bad, right? And you see him kind of play everybody as a fiddle, right? Like, everybody is something, a chess piece, which is something Jiang Shining mentions, that everybody's kind of a chess piece to him, right? And you see this in effect. You see how he's planning and plotting these things. And you see just the smart that he has. He's never ruffled, right? And honestly, I would say that his only weakness is his green affection for junctioning, right? That is the only part of him that seems even relatively normal. And honestly, I love that. I just love characters like that. He reminds me kind of of Dilin Li Wang's character in Love Between Fairy and Devil, right? Like that is another character that was like I will bond the word for you. Like you understand like it's giving crazy, but like we like it, right? So like I just love that about this character. He's so calm so collected and always seems to know what to do um if there's one thing i like it was the fact that he was kind of this big product to yanlin and yanlin did not <laughs> Like, Yanni trusted him, but I feel like Yanni, like, had no clue that, obviously, this is my cousin. But Yanni still trusted him because I guess, like, he's a teacher and everything. But I like that fact that he was able to build bonds with the people that he cared about, even without them knowing. And one of my favorite scenes in this drama is actually that scene in the coming-of-age ceremony where you see Sherry's personality really come out. Like, that was the moment that I was like, oh, God, this is a well written character. It's a well thought of character. That's the scene where, so, you ha- you know how, like, Sherry has a deadbeat dad, right? That Shwe family patriarch, right? And that comes with, like, the edict to, you know, convict the Yans. And Yanlin is hot-headed, right? And so, he's on his knees. He's, you know, getting his, like, I don't know, the headpiece changed. And that's when Sherry's dad comes in and, you know, hands them the imperial edict. And, you know, Yanlin is provoked and he wants to get up and, Sherry presses him down, right? That scene is so well done because even the way it's shot was just so good Like you could see just how composed, how calm, how collected it was. He knew exactly what to do, right? In the way that Dang Shren, and even though she is the one that has been reborn, she kind of freaked out for a second, but like, Sherry doesn't freak out, right? He doesn't, like, he's never not sure about what to do and that is just, ah. Uh, chef's like he's just so well written in that sense right and and that's just something i really like about this drama he's basically the one that's making me or keeping me watching right because i i want to see him succeed in what he wants to do right i want to see him bring down his dad i feel like the revenge is going to be so good right and so yeah that's another thing i really like about this drama then moving on the third thing that i really like about this drama is sheway and Ninger, in the sense that i just love watching Sherry for funding her, like, and it was slow. And this is what I actually like about this drama, it has very, very good pacing. Like, it takes time from first threatening her to reluctantly accepting that she kind of has smarts to kind of basically like falling in love with that slowly but surely. Right? They don't just make it happen instantly, right? They build up to it, right? I think for Sherry, he sees a loyalty to the Yans, his family, basically, and he kind of He's impressed by that right and so you know the fact that she's smart and you guys you have to remember that he's a feminist he's always encouraging the women <laughs> to have agency in a time where what what is agency a- agency right you understand so i think that he's seeing her be smart seeing how she's you know just so industrious he is impressed by that and slowly he like starts to fall in love with her right and starts to like want her for himself even though at first he's kind of glad that yanin has this support i can tell slowly like he he started to like want her for himself so that was another thing that i really really liked about this drama their chemistry is so well done i'm on episode 28 they've not had any really romantic scene yet but i have seen clips and i am excited hopefully they hear all the like clips that i actually see because you know censorship might change some things but hopefully because their chemistry is so good that like i'm like is this the same jangling air that is in my journey to you (laughs) like he is so different here that it's quite amazing but anyway moving on another reason why i like this drama is actually quite minor some people would think but it's the lack of conflict between the sisters i've read enough chinese novels to see this be a problem right this is always an issue that i'm like why do the sisters always have to fight they always make the sister that is the other one like they always make her kind of a caricature they do this in till the end of the moon i don't remember what that other bylu drama is the one with them um, lo yunshi like they make her sister so terrible that i'm like this this is too bad but here they give her sister a personality right At first it seems like they would both be enemies, but somehow they walk to being like a live and let live situation. And soon I actually think it's going to be proper support for one another, right? And I would even say that junctioning's sister is more receptive to this idea of them being friends and supportive of one another than junctioning herself. I feel like junction is actually the issue here (laughs) in that like she has a lot of like prejudice. I would say, against her sister, right, and so that is stopping them from going further in their relationship, but if Katche comes to a really good place right, I like the fact that they talked things out and we also even see that in the first life her sister wasn't even all that bad she actually gave up her position knowing well that the king was actually in love with her she kind of gave her sister that chance as maybe kind of a thank you for being with her mother you know her actual mother the one that swapped the two of them right so she's a very good portrayal of someone that would be considered like a fake member of the family she should technically be insecure and all this but you can say she's just as smart she keeps her cool just as well as jang shuenin does right like i actually can never tell what she's thinking her face is very like poker face so the part where i'm actually scared for sure that like sure girl that wants to be a um, consort of the you know future king like i actually fear that she might suffer in her hands because she's never she's never once lost her cool and so like in that way i just like that they, they keep bringing new ideas it's here and here that just makes this drama kind of good in that sense right and yeah that was another thing i really like just the relationship that is building between those two sisters or where they've gotten to from where they started then i would say like the final thing and this is just kind of general is the overall story and pacing right there are a lot of how things are shown right and again i am a show don't tell kind of person <laughs> anybody as a writer you've heard that like phrase before like sure don't tell right because when you tell things it doesn't show you really it's just pretense right it's exposition right in this drama they show you right Sherway is basically the devil they show you you see him like kill a guy in cold blood you see him plan all these things and use people like pawns like they show you all those things right and you know by now I'm on episode 28 like I said you can kind of already deduce who everybody is. You can deduce who Shareway really is. The way they've planned it slowly, you can kind of see how like the story like started and how it's going and stuff like that. And it's interesting because everybody knows at this point who Shareway is. Except junk And when I mean everybody, I mean the audience already knows who Shareway is. But junk is to kind of figure things out, right? And you know that kind of keeps kind of a little suspense that you know at the end of the day even though we know not everybody does know right and so in in a way they've paced things well she's getting clues to kind of figure out what is going on why is she with the one that was with Yan Lin when the rebels came in their first life right so in, in that way this drama is very good like in the way the story is moving along it is not slow in any way it's just so well done we've also got to the point where jang jie's arc with Ning'er has kind of ended right and so you know from now on it's only sheer and i am excited like i am so so excited right uh i will say another thing that's kind of funny to me in this drama is how whipped the emperor is for sheer <laughs> it's like it's they they showed that multiple times that i'm like this is worth noting because he i like how he just listens to sharing everything and like just trust him so much and maybe it makes sense um in an intrinsic level that maybe the emperor doesn't even know because if you think about the fact that they were playmates when they were younger, that kind of makes you understand why it's possible that the emperor just instinctively trusts Sheawei, right? And so that was something I really like. I, I like how his face just lights up when We comes into the room, right? It's, it's just very one side Know that it's just really good. And I really like the emperor. Like I like when people are just well written. No one is a caricature in this, right? Everybody so well written. The emperor is sick and everything, but he's not stupid right and he is also trying to balance power in the best way he can right he sees people as threat, which makes sense right it's a shame that the biggest threat is Sherwe, and he doesn't see that but in a way actually Sherwe is not that much of a threat to him Sherwe is just looking to do one thing take out the Shewe family which I mean there's a conflict of interest in the fact that for the emperor that's his mom right so in a sense yes there's that conflict but he's not trying to go against the emperor's power right so yeah anyways that's another thing i really liked but yeah generally the overall story the overall pacing is just well done i've been really lucky i don't know sense of time was also fantastic like this the overall pacing was also really really good here too just so good right so again no dislikes in this just general adoration for this i really really want more of these kinds of stories just rebirth stories right the rest are just so well done i have yet to see a bad one and so i hope that with the success of this drama more stories like this will be told because honestly it's just such a good concept you know the idea that we can go back and redo things right who wouldn't who would not want to go back i would probably go back and like buy bitcoin or something or like you know like you know buy amazon stocks <laughs> oh wait i wouldn't be able to buy amazon stocks i'd be too young i think i'd just be born or something but anyways you get the idea right so that's really it for my review of the story of kuning palace i hope you guys enjoyed this review i will see you again next week have a nice day bye bye